0: Is this too far away?
1: Should I come? No, closer? it would be okay. okay see. Don't don't leave, Susie. You might have I mean no, might fine. have something to say. So Susie, you were just mentioning it was interesting what affected us about how we grew up and
0: mm-hmm.
1: how we became who we are today. And I was thinking on the on the drive down here, I wonder how our experience with reading Affected us because I know you and I and Howard mm-hmm. were big readers growing yeah. up. Now and Dorothy too.
0: Dorothy, Dorothy was a reader. A reader. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, what kind of books affected you? Do you remember? Now, now I can remember uh, early, early reading. You know the typical stuff that a young child would read, like. Yeah. Uh, the Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew. Uh, And then, maybe in high school, I I started reading science fiction, Mm -hmm. uh, and and I'm somewhat of an iconoclast, and I think, well, some of these stories that I read were really far out there, those science Mm -hmm. fiction stories, and it, it allowed me to maybe see things from... A different perspective, or at least uh, contemplate a different perspective. What, what, what do you remember reading as you were growing up?
0: Well, I would like to say that our mother hated storms, and every time it was stormy, we would all pile in the bed with her, and she would read to us. Yeah. From the time we were tiny. Yeah. And the storm might pass on by, and we'd still be there reading. And our parents didn't have a lot of money, but they uh, bought the Collier's Encyclopedia and the Junior Classics, and so she would read from all those books, and the Hobby was a favorite story. Um, I don't know if you remember the Hobby story and Little Dog Teague, and no. oh, well, it was a wonderful story, and there were all those stories that, that she read to us, and I think that piqued our interest early, for two reasons, you got your parents there, and you're all together, and this is a really great experience.
1: Yeah. And
0: I think it, I like storms, and I think part of oh it I love storms is because they were real comfortable for me because we were in this really loving environment, um, <coughs> and so I liked stories early on, and then um, I read a lot of children's biographies. Um, the uh, uh, Helen Keller and uh, Night Nightingale and um, Florence Nightingale and, yeah. and the different ones like that, and then I moved on to uh, like Anya Seton books and uh, the um, the Witch of Blackbird Pond. Do you remember reading that? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the Winthrop woman. Uh, historical fiction, I guess, was, was something I read a lot and. and um, and then when when everybody was moaning and groaning about Silas Marner, I was just enthralled. I loved <laughs> Silas Marner,
1: yeah, and back uh, in
0: the day, when everybody read the same books,
1: yeah, yeah, I remember uh trying to get ahead of the reading list for my junior year in high school. I knew that Moby Dick was gonna be assigned. And so I thought, man, this is a giant book. I better start it early. And uh, was kind of dreading it. And mm-hmm. that is just one of the absolute best
0: yeah.
1: books I've ever read. And, and it came in uh, an edition from the library that was called uh, the Junior Classics or mm-hmm. s- something. Yeah. Uh, now, they make a Junior Classics now that's, not much more than a comic book, but this was a a full (laughs) book back then, and uh, it did have a few illustrations in it, but they were, uh, you know, adult illustrations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But uh, from that point on, I think I read, uh, in high school, all of the uh, books in that binding, and of course Mm -hmm. they were classics, Mm -hmm. in the Lion Ball Library. So uh, I really... uh, became a real reader of classics from yeah. having an assigned reading list.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't remember so much assigned reading lists, but in the probably eighth grade, um, I was pitching. We we had yards that were all open, and so our yard had home plate in it. And I was pitching to a little girl, one of the Chafin girls, the youngest one, and I thought she wouldn't be able to hit ball. This was baseball with a baseball and yeah. I softball. And so I got fairly close, maybe 20, 25 feet from her. And she line-drived that ball right into my knee, just below my knee. Wow. I had a blood clot and uh, was not allowed to walk except to the bathroom for like 10 days or something. And I read Gone with the Wind then, Yeah. because what else could I do if i there read a book. So I read... I read a lot. Um, When I was in high school I worked in the library and so librarians would point me in the direction, well if you liked this you probably liked that. I think librarians can have a really uh, strong impact or are used to on children's because they see what books children read and they say oh you I wish I had that now because There are books I read, and I go, oh, I wish I had another book similar to this. You know, not the same, but similar, that I would like as well as this one. And librarians could tell you, oh, you'll like this as well as you liked that. And uh, I think that's real important. Yeah. And then in high school, I discovered science fiction, and I just loved science fiction. I wanted to Dick Tracy Watch then, and I still want one. (laughs) But I'm close, you know being closer all the time to a Dick Tracy watch. Well, is
1: that an Apple watch you've got on No, there? this
0: is just a little Fitbit thing. But yeah, well,
1: I'm, the Apple watch, I don't have one, but I'm guessing it's pretty close to a Dick Tracy yeah, watch. Yeah, I, I
0: think it's really, you know, you you look at that, all that science fiction stuff, and the idea of debits and credits was just this really foreign, weird thing you know, and now there are a lot of people that are talking the big talk of going cashless cashless society and, you know, all the pros and cons of everything on that, but um, I I loved reading. I like mysteries. I like cozy mysteries, and Mother and I read all of the Georgette Heyer books, and when she was getting rid of stuff, she gave her Georgette Higher books to me for Kiffin because by then Kiffin was reading all her Georgette Higher books. Yeah. So.
1: Now, I remember Dad had a collection of Zane Gray books, but I don't ever remember him reading. Was he a reader?
0: I think when he went up to his room (laughs) and would leave all of us,
1: you know. Yeah, he would go to bed early. Yeah,
0: I think he read in bed a lot, yeah. I liked Zane Gray. And Riders of the Purple Sage and, yeah. and those stories, yeah. uh, Lash LaRue and stuff that they made in the movies as well. But I liked Westerns.
1: Some of the things I read, uh, for example, I've read every Edgar Rice Burroughs book. Every one of them, Tarzan, John Carter, of Mars, all of them. I, and I, I think back yeah. now that they, of course, were written in a different time, and so they yeah. weren't. Uh, what you'd call uh, you know culturally appropriate today but but they were good stories yeah but but I have wondered we were all born in the deep south but I think all four of us children uh, are uh, anti-racist I mean we we value diversity and I'm wondering if there are books that affected our opinion. I know that one of the books that I read, it, it's not uh, a racial book, but The, the Jungle Book.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, not
1: The Jungle Book, The, uh, the Jungle.
0: Yeah, uh, oh yeah.
1: And so that really introduced me to the concept of uh, immigrant, you know, uh, people taking advantage of immigrants and and the plight of poor people. Do you remember reading uh, stories uh, that would have affected your opinion about diversity?
0: I don't think early on, as as a child particularly, that I remember. I think our attitudes a lot were formed by, um, I know our mother, treated, we had a maid, poor as we were, we right. had a maid, and my mother, our mother, treated her as a friend, not as a lower class citizen, Right. and and our daddy did too, our daddy was always very respectful of people, Right. Uh, and <clears throat> so I think we get that there. Miss Norton wrote a book that I, re- I really like all of her books, and I thought I had a lot of them until I found out there were 150 of them, but... Um, Andre Norton wrote a book called *The Iron Cage*. Yeah. And you, these these varmints were discarded on this planet, and blah 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 blah. And it's only way into the story that the varmints are humans. Yeah. And they've been discarded, and yeah. Um, so so there's that attitude of who are the other? You know, yeah. Sometimes we are the other.
1: The, there's a Twilight Zone story about. Uh, what you think are mice in, yes. a, in a cage, and it turns out that the mice are really the people.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There's there several really good science fiction stories that that, um, that there's one called Vermin, and uh, they, they, the alien beings are huge. Yeah, and so we are the vermin, like cockroaches to yeah. them, but. They're, they're going to leave this planet because they just can't keep us out of stuff except that some are on the ship and so they're taking humans to the stars. So,
1: yeah. 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 And it, <laughs> I, I have always been able to uh, see things from multiple mm-hmm. perspectives and and at least try to understand other people's uh, experience or perception and, and I think Science fiction actually uh, is part of the reason I'm able to do that.
0: Another book Miss Norton wrote that I I didn't realize, and I was, of course, way grown when she she wrote this book, but it was one of the first fiction, popular fiction books um, that had a black female protagonist. And when she sent it to her agent, he said, I don't think they're going to go for this, and he, she said, send it on, and he sent it on to the publisher, and they said, oh, well,
1: you'll have to change
0: it. It certainly can't be black, and it can't be female, and Miss Norton said, she is black, and she is female. That's part of the story, yeah. and so they did publish it, and it was, of course, called The Wraiths of Time, about the ancient kingdom of Meroe, which is below Egypt in Africa, and... Uh, But that was a marvelous book. And later when I got to know her, she gave me the books, the nonfiction books to read, I wish I still had them, um, that she had based her research on. And to see these dry things about archaeology and ancient history and blah, 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 and to see how she transformed that into what people Mm -hmm. wore to dinner and what people ate and uh, what kind of shoes they wore, it was just marvelous. So, but it was a very I think for kids in the seventies and eighties when her books were still real popular into the nineties um, that that book would have been very popular and it it was a nice role model of a diverse person being yeah. successful
1: now <laughs> you you had that personal experience with miss Norton uh, there are authors in our family. Mm-hmm. I did not really know that or perceive that growing up. Did you always know that some of our uh, kinfolks were authors?
0: Well, I knew Uncle Bob had written books and that he was um, a stream-of-consciousness writer. And uh, years and years ago, they had one of his books in the Limeball Library. I was quite surprised to see it on the shelf. Yeah. That would have been, like, in the 80s or something.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, I was... Uh, Looking up, doing a little research on our family, and and one of the things I ran into yesterday is uh, uh, he had a short story published, and, and I'm looking in the table of contents uh, for him, and I noticed that, oh, here's this book of short stories, and I recognize many of these authors. He was in the same book with J.D. Salinger. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, yeah. it, uh, I, I was really impressed. I, I wish I had known that growing up so I could have talked, talked to, to, to him
0: about, about it. Yeah. And you know that's a lot of things that older people take for granted that you already know, mm-hmm. or that they don't think you would be interested in. Mm-hmm. I know that one of the cousins like one of the older cousins for mother generation, um, was an editor at Cosmopolitan or Vogue. Yeah. Uh, and she was not considered a beautiful woman, but that she's very striking because she really had good fashion sense and whatever, went very far in the fashion world and married very well and moved out west or to California or something. And, yeah. And uh, there's a letter about that somewhere. Wow. <clears throat> So. It,
1: it, it would. It would be interesting to pull all these things together, uh, but, you know, there are little pieces here and there and amongst everybody.
0: Well, in trying to do this as you are now uh, for our children and grandchildren, um, what? How many people know the story that Mama Saint Clair was the first female? automobile driver in Cherokee County, Alabama, because her daddy was one of the first. He was a very prosperous farmer at the time and had bought one of the new Model A, Model T, whatever it was, and brought it home and uh, put it in the barn, and then when he got in it to drive it, somehow he put it in reverse and backed out the back side of the barn and got out of it and said, here, Susie Mae, you can have this, but another thing, I'm not ever driving it again. <laughs> and so there she was tootling around town as an older teenager <clears throat> driving a automobile. So, you know, that made her pretty spooky I would think, at the time.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd like to know that story about how Mama St. Clair and Daddy John came to be a couple because I'm guessing Daddy John's family was were dirt farmers, and Mom St. Clair's family was uh, pretty well-to-do. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yes, I, I would think that that was not a match made in heaven <laughs> as were.
1: Well, let's wrap it up for today. Yeah. Anything else, Dave? Add
0: on. No, but I really am enjoying this, John, because you think about things that you hadn't thought about in a while or set you off on another direction of thought, and you're comparing things you knew to, to someone else of your own family generationally that, well, I don't remember that, you know, yeah. or, well, that's really interesting. I didn't know you felt that way kind of thing. I'm um, I, I enjoying it.
1: Pat, you had a whole career based on literature. What what made you choose to be an English teacher?
0: Because Daddy told me I was going to be.
1: Your daddy me. told you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that's interesting. He he was a a, a poor person. Uh, I don't think he finished school, but he must have had some real respect for education.
0: I guess he saw me reading all that. All the time, and thought I was just going to be a teacher, and then decided, well, I guess she'll be an English teacher. I mean, I can remember, like, from age five, him telling people, she's going to be a teacher.
1: Really? That early?
0: Or- yeah. Wow. Well, he was right. Yes, but what if I had gone in some other direction? I really wanted to teach Hanukkah. Yeah. and somebody told me that you couldn't pass chemistry. You'll never pass chemistry and you can't do that. And so I didn't. Well, that's like I should have been a librarian, but I thought I will never master doing desiccises. <laughs> that is just, no, my brain is not gonna ever get that.
1: <laughs> well, you must have been exceptional in home economics because didn't you like win a contest and went to New York for home ec or something?
0: Well, I was an officer in a club. I didn't win a contest. I guess I won um, an election. That's what you're thinking about. Yeah. As a state representative.
1: Well, ever, of course, ever since I've known you, uh, you know, we uh, started dating in college and and you were always reading. Did you find that reading in college to be enjoyable or tedious? Because, I mean, you... you.
0: Well, some uh, of both. You know, yeah. you're going to have things that you enjoy and things that are just an assignment and you gloss over.
1: Was Shakespeare your favorite to read uh, in, in college?
0: I don't know. I... Suppose that came from, um, Dr. Peck.
1: Yeah.
0: Not Mrs. Peck, Mr. Peck. Twenty. Mr. You talk? Dr. Peck. Yeah. 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 I guess yeah. he just did, did a good job of teaching it and making you in, enjoy it.
1: Uh, you know, thank goodness for good teachers. Did you ever read anything in in college uh, that you really enjoyed? Says. I I
0: read. I, now, I, did you
1: major in Spanish in college?
0: Um, I majored in education. Okay. Minored in Spanish and psychology.
1: Did Did you read uh, Spanish literature, or, oh, or I, literature in Spanish?
0: I was I was I was a show off. Is it second semester or freshman year? You write a term paper? When is it you write a term paper? I think
1: in every class you take. <laughs> no, no,
0: but there was one that the whole class was oh, research you know, paper. Yeah. That, major second, major semester. Semester. second semester freshman year?
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: And so I did mine on the, at then, undeciphered uh, Aztec calendar, or lying calendar. I don't remember now which one. One of them. So I was going to do this, so... There's a book in the library in Spanish about the, you know, finding this and blah, blah, blah. In the
1: MTSU. In the yeah.
0: MTSU library in Spanish. And so I read it. And um, and so when I cited my paper, you know, I cited that book. And so when when I gave him my paper to go do my presentation and he they flipped through it and and he looked, you know, they they had an eagle eye, yeah. and uh, or maybe he'd already graded it, and I was had to do my presentation, and and he called me up before he put the grade on. He said, "I have a question for you." And he, this book right here, I said, yeah. And he said, "It's in Spanish," and I said, "Well, yeah." And he said, "You read it in Spanish," and I said, "Well, yeah, I did." And uh, uh, he was just fl- I flustered, I guess, that I did that. And so then you had like 15 minutes to do your presentation, and people kept asking me questions that finally, after about half an hour or so, he made me quit. <laughs> <laughs> so I got an A over a D. So I got an A for the paper and the presentation, but I had three mistakes.
1: Oh, my. Back
0: in the day, every mistake was a letter grade off. Yeah,
1: yeah, I remember that.
0: So I had an A over a D. I was so disappointed.
1: Now, Pat, <laughs> did you ever teach... Uh research paper in college? Oh, I'm sure I did. Did you do that? Well,
0: yeah, those were the standards. Wow. Yeah. Grading uh, by the major errors and not paying much attention to the content. Yeah. You know, just get those errors. Well, out. because you could just go one, two, three, sure. and four, F. you didn't have to read the whole <laughs> graphic paper, you know. <laughs> um, but I, I remember Tom I had Tom Harris class. And there was somebody else I had, and I can't remember it was Tom Harris of the other person, that I had never understood poetry. Um, you know, I, I like poetry. I liked Elizabeth Barrett's sonnets and, do, you know, different things, but um, I, I really learned to love poetry in that college English class. I just loved it. And uh, I never wrote poetry until I went to Europe and I traveled across the channel on a a boat, um, on a a ferry. and um, Something about the water and the waves and whatever and I wrote this poem and I've written poetry ever since. Sometimes sometimes I'll go years without writing any poetry. Sometimes I'll write a bunch at one time.
1: I I had a similar experience in college uh, about poetry. I had always, you know, this uh, superficial understanding of poetry as just, you know, rhyming verse. Uh, And then in college, the teacher would talk to us about, well, look at this metaphor right here in this stanza. And he may have said this, but what he meant was this. And I finally could see, oh, he wasn't. When he said blunt and fast, blunt and flaccid was my pen. He wasn't talking about his pen. <laughs> he was talking about something else.
0: Yeah, yeah, the underlying meanings of things. Yeah. yeah, That was my art history class with Klaus Kellenberger. Because I, I was married then. I was a sophomore in college, and I was married. But I, you know, just. He started talking about the real history of art and why there are so many Greek statues of young males and yeah. blah 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 and all this other stuff that I just well, they don't t- that, well history in school had been a lot more interesting if they <laughs> uh, if and, and not just the prurient stuff but just if they if you'd have understood that's when I understood that while history happened art was happening and it, I had never comprehended the wholeness of history, that everything's going on at one time. It's not just the renaissance for art and mm-hmm. literature, but all this other stuff is going on at the same time. Yeah, yeah. like that shirt.